Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. The scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder... Going into college can be an exciting yet terrifying moment in your life. Everything is new. Everything is different. And for the first time in your life, you are 100% free and clear to make all of the decisions that will impact your life. For many, that decision is to join a fraternity or sorority and gain friendships that will last a lifetime. On February 4th, 2017, a young man hoping to join one of those fraternities took part in an age-old tradition that, you would hope, would not exist in the year 2017. The dangerous ritual of hazing. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. 19-year-old Tim Piazza was a handsome boy with a sweet smile, a girlfriend back in his hometown, a family who thought he hung the moon, and a sophomore engineering student at Pennsylvania State University in February of 2017. Like most young men starting college, Tim was looking for a place to make some friends, an organization to pad his resume, and a sense of belonging that many find within the walls of a fraternity or sorority house. On the night of February 2nd, 2017, Tim, a pledge, began what the Beta Theta Pi fraternity referred to as the Gauntlet, an obstacle course that required each pledge to drink from a bottle of vodka, 
drink a beer, and drink a bag of wine in very quick succession. What his future brothers didn't know was that in addition to attempting the gauntlet on an empty stomach, Tim Piazza took antidepressants that intensified his inebriation to a dangerous level. Something that may not have been an issue if the boys of Beta Theta Pi followed the rules of their 2009 suspension that prohibited the consumption of alcohol. Dizzy from the combination of pills and chugged liquor, Tim fell down a set of basement stairs at the frat house and was immediately knocked unconscious. He was then carried to a couch where the surveillance cameras caught sight of a conspicuous bruise developing on his left abdomen from a previous night of alcohol-fueled rushing, and in Beta Theta Pi's case, of hazing. The camera then caught brothers Jonah Newman, Lars Kenyon, and Edward Gilmartin, stopping any witnesses from calling 911, with Jonah grabbing one, throwing them against a wall, and calling them crazy while Kenyon took to the group chats to try and downplay Tim's condition. Cordell Davis, a fellow pledge, attempted to help out Tim, encouraging the men of Beta Theta Pi to call the police and get an ambulance to the house. He was ignored and shoved against a wall. At some point in the evening, Tim regained consciousness and rolled himself off the couch, at which point the brothers picked him up and put him back onto the sofa, poking his face to see if he was okay and realizing he was completely unresponsive. At around 3.30 a.m. on February 3rd, Tim finally came to and was seen trying to get up before falling back down onto the couch. He continued to struggle, falling each time, and when he finally got to his feet, he staggered over to the frat house lobby where he, once again, fell headfirst into an iron railing and landed on a hard, cold stone floor. Despite the trauma, Tim gets up once more to try and make his way up the basement stairs he had already fallen down, and for the next several hours, lay hidden behind the bar in the basement where the brothers could not find him. When he was finally located, his body was cold to the touch and his breathing was rapid. He is, after much debate, carried upstairs and finally the boys decide that his injuries are severe enough to warrant a call to 911. Before the ambulances can arrive, they wipe the blood from his face and attempt to dress him in warmer clothing. He is very quickly rerouted to the Penn State Milton S. Hershey Medical Center due to the severity of his injuries and upon arrival is rushed straight into surgery where doctors reveal a ruptured spleen, a class 4 hemorrhagic shock, and a brain swollen to the point that half of his skull had to be removed to relieve the pressure. The injuries are eventually ruled as non-recoverable, and Tim Piazza is pronounced dead in the early morning hours of February 4th, 2017. He had an estimated blood alcohol level of 0.40 and injuries that his fellow brothers waited 12 hours to report, despite the fact that, according to the witnesses, Tim looked, quote, dead. A death that, though not the traditional definition of murder, sparked one of the largest hazing prosecutions in U.S. history. On May 5, 2017, a grand jury charged a total of 18 members of the Beta Theta Pi fraternity with various charges connected to Tim's death. Eight were charged with involuntary manslaughter and the rest with other offenses that included hazing. Charged by the prosecution were 19-year-old Daniel Casey, who was charged with 201 counts total, including involuntary manslaughter. 21-year-old Brendan Young, who was charged with 200 counts, including involuntary manslaughter. 
19-year-old Jonah Newman, who was charged with 79 counts, including involuntary manslaughter. 19-year-old Lars Kenyon on 52 counts. 21-year-old Michael Schiavone on 52 counts. 19-year-old Nick Kubera on more than 50 counts, including involuntary manslaughter. 21-year-old Ryan Foster on one count. And Edward Gilmartin on one count. The tampering with evidence and endangerment charges were eventually dropped from three different students. Joseph Ems, who was the leader of a dangerous hazing event in 2016, Ryan McCann, and Lucas Rockwell. Unfortunately for those who wish to see Tim's brothers charged with his death, on August 11th, 2017, on the fifth day of the preliminary hearing, it was announced by lead investigators at the basement video footage showing the entirety of Tim's ordeal that night was actually deleted by one of the defendants in the case. That same day, defense attorneys for a number of the boys started to shift the blame from their clients to the Penn State Nittany Lions football head athletics trainer and Beta Theta Pi advisor, Tim Bream, a man who was present the night of Tim Piazza's bid acceptance and, by all accounts, should have been aware of what was happening that night. He has never been charged in the case. In addition to each of the brothers charged, the Beta Theta Pi fraternity as a whole was charged with his death, and the Penn State Charter was officially banned indefinitely. By November 14th of 2017, 10 more members were charged in connection with the death, and it was announced that the FBI managed to recover the video that showed Tim being forced to drink at least 18 drinks over the course of just 82 minutes. The additional defendants were 19-year-old Joseph Krajewski, 21-year-old Ryan Burke, 19-year-old Jonifer Kanzler, Aiden O'Brien, Brian Gelb, Patrick Jackson, Reggie Goak, Mike Fernandez, Donald Pryor, and 20-year-old Braxton Becker, who was believed to be the one responsible for the deleted video and who was known to dilute psychedelic mushrooms into vodka and sell the byproducts to Penn State students. Charges were made, charges were dropped, and some even reduced. But in the end, there were more than 400 charges total made against the men of Beta Theta Pi. There was even a moment in 2018 where a new DA took over the investigation and uncovered a massive cocaine ring being run by the Penn State Beta Theta Pi executive board, who coded the operation with accountants as, quote, slush fund. Finally, on June 13, 2018, the first of the men charged, 21-year-old Ryan Burke, pleaded guilty to the four counts of hazing and five counts of unlawful acts involving liquor in the death of Tim Piazza, the man accused of giving Tim the bottle of vodka that night. He admitted to being present the night of Tim's death, to hazing him and the other pledges, and to actively encouraging the dangerous gauntlet. He was sentenced to three months of house arrest, and 27 months of probation, fines, and restitution on July 31st, 2018. In April of 2019, Michael Butuki, Luke Weiser, and Joshua Kachevsky became the first of the men charged to be given jail time. Joshua with three to nine months, Michael with 30 to 60 days, and Luke with just two to six months, and all ordered to pay a $1,000 fine, and complete 100 hours of community service. In August of 2020, Bohan Song was sentenced to one year of probation and apologized to the parents of Tim Piazza. While some of the cases remained on hold, a number of witnesses came forward speaking about the ongoing issue of hazing amongst fraternities and sororities, 
and said that for years they had been notifying the Penn State authorities with very little action being taken. There were extensive reports documenting hazing, abuse, and other dangerous behaviors amongst the Panhellenic. But for one reason or another, the school decided to take a more hands-off approach of the issue. Testimonies in the various trials revealed that pledges were routinely forced to drink to potentially deadly levels, brothers allowed to physically and mentally abuse perspectives, deprive them of sleep, and in extreme cases, partake in sexual, physical, and emotional abuse. There was even documentation showing the abuse and killing of small animals as part of a ritual. As a result of these cases, the grand jury released a scathing 236-page report regarding the hazing rituals taking place in Penn State fraternities. The report recommended changes in Pennsylvania's hazing laws and an overhaul of Penn State's system for handling matters of hazing. The report called for the establishment of Tim's Law, which would create a more severe punishment for people caught hazing on campus and create a zero-tolerance policy against those who violate this law. It also recommended strengthening the laws against furnishing alcohol to minors and that Penn State create a, quote, pledges bill of rights to outline acceptable behavior as well as confidential hazing hotlines. On March 27, 2018, the Timothy J. Piazza anti-hazing law was unanimously approved by the Pennsylvania State Senate Judiciary Committee. It was later submitted for consideration in the full state Senate, and on April 18, 2018, the Pennsylvania State Senate unanimously passed the bill and made hazing in fraternities a third-degree felony in cases of serious injury or death. A bill that, had it been in place before Tim's death, would have seen a much harsher sentence for all of the men involved in his death, most of which would have seen jail time instead of fines, probation, and community service. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on February 5th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.